Welcome to the worship podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton, Massachusetts for Sunday, November 29th, 2020. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector of Grace Church. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome at Grace. We've reached the time of year when the sun sets before 4.30. Fortunately, we've reached the time of the church year when we light our candles on our Advent wreath bringing a little extra light into our homes as we approach the winter solstice. You can pick up an Advent wreath to go today at our 1 p.m. Outdoor Eucharist or on Tuesday when the church office is open. If you'd like an Advent wreath and can't make it out, please give a shout to the office and we'll find a way to get one to you. Let your light so shine, Grace Church. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. 
But you were angry, and we sinned, because you hid yourself. We transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our inequity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock. Shine forth, you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. In the presence of Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come to help us. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angered, despite the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. You have made us the derision of our neighbors, and our enemies laugh us to scorn. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, the Son of Man you have made so strong for yourself, and so we will never turn away from you. Give us life that we may call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus, for in every way you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 to 37. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near 
at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. 2020 feels like an apocalypse because it is. That is the headline of a recent Huffington Post article, which quotes a number of scholars of religion on that the end of the world is nigh feeling that's been in the air this year and what it all means. Now, I want to note that the article says an apocalypse and not the apocalypse. Professor Giovanni Bazzana of Harvard Divinity School says, It's important to remember that apocalypse means revelation. It's the moment that reveals something about one's individual life or about society in general. I think this is really a moment of big revelations, not revelations in terms of visions or prophecies, but revelations in the sense of seeing the truth of things. Seeing the truth of things brings freedom, new possibilities, and new ways forward. This is the first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of the liturgical year. Advent is the season of preparation and examination before the Incarnation, the birth of Jesus at Christmas. It is also the season of the church year that deals most directly with apocalypse. During Advent, the scripture lessons resound with the voices of the prophets, especially the prophet Isaiah. The prophets tell us of the coming of the Son of Man and the Day of Judgment. They call upon the Lord to send salvation to his people and freedom to the oppressed. The prophets preach that the rulers of this world will be held accountable for their actions by the ruler of all. They tell us of the passing away of the old order and the coming of a new heaven and a new earth. Apocalyptic literature says, it's going to be a bumpy ride, but we need to trust in the Lord and look forward in hope. Jesus, like the Hebrew prophets, often preached in an apocalyptic vein, as in this passage from the Gospel of Mark. Here Jesus describes the Son of Man coming in the clouds, 
and he admonishes people to read the signs of the times. From the fig tree learn its lesson, he says. Even though there are signs of this cosmic ending and radical new beginning all over, it will still catch many unawares. So, Jesus tells his disciples, Keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at dawn. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Jesus' teaching on the apocalypse is paradoxical. On the one hand, the signs of the times are present for all who can read them, as Bob Dylan saying, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. And yet, even though these signs are as obvious as a fig tree putting out new leaves, many will be surprised and caught unaware by the cosmic, environmental, and political reality unfolding. A theme of Apocalypse is, we should have seen it coming, but we didn't. I think that many of us can relate to this paradoxical teaching of Jesus in Apocalypse 2020. The signs of the times were there for all to read, signs of our democracy under strain, signs of the painful division in our national life with so many ghosts of colonialism and the civil war rising up in our own day, signs of the wastefulness of our American way of life and looming environmental catastrophe, signs of the broken systems of health care and education, signs of the continually widening gap between rich and poor and the exploitation of the vulnerable and the disabled, signs of the rise of conspiracy theories and fake news, all the false teachers and false prophets and charlatans that Jesus warned about. And yet, the pandemic, when it came, caught us by surprise. We were not prepared to face it, and somehow, all these months later, we are still mostly unprepared. The inadequacy of our systems, the sense of greed, entitlement, and hard-heartedness that has replaced the sense of the common good, all laid bare, like the aftermath of a great flood, except the waters have not yet receded. One of the gifts of our lectionary, with its three-year cycle of readings, is that we get to engage with the same scriptures again and again. I've preached through the lectionary a little more than four times now, and I always get something new out of these texts. But I think this year, more than any other, I have been noticing things that I never noticed before and questioning my own assumptions about the meaning of certain scriptures. For example, I'm not sure that I ever understood the Beatitudes and their centrality to the message of Jesus with any real depth until this year. And I feel the same way with Jesus' teaching in Mark to keep awake. This sense of vigilance, watchfulness, is a theme Jesus repeats to his disciples a number of times. For Christians, it's one of our key instructions for Advent. Keep awake, don't miss this coming revelation, the signs all around us of the coming of the Messiah, Emmanuel. Now, I'm a child of the 80s. A very popular movie when I was growing up was the film Home Alone. In it, Macaulay Culkin plays a boy named Kevin, who is accidentally left behind when his family, in a massive rush to make it to the airport for their Christmas vacation, forgets about him. 
The climax of the movie is when Kevin realizes that a pair of bumbling thieves have targeted his house for burglary, thinking that it is unoccupied, and it's up to Kevin to defend the family home, which he does through a series of incredibly elaborate and comical booby traps. Keep awake, Jesus says, for you do not know when the master of the house will come. Elsewhere, Jesus uses the imagery of a thief in the night to describe the last day and the coming of the Son of Man. This year, I realized, to my chagrin, that I've been reading Jesus' apocalyptic instructions through the lens of Home Alone. For years, I've been interpreting Jesus' instructions to keep awake as a command to be hypervigilant, to remain anxious to prepare for the kingdom of God coming with all its turmoil and rebirth, like Macaulay Culkin trying to foil a cosmic robbery, as if that were even possible. As the old bumper sticker says, Jesus is coming back. Look busy. Looking back, I recognize how I've equated keeping awake with busyness and activity, with industriousness, with a lack of rest, a kind of spiritual sleeplessness that can only lead to frenetic burnout and not the peace that surpasses understanding and the easy yoke that Jesus offers. This year, this year that just takes the apocalyptic cake, I see it differently. This Advent, I don't think Jesus is telling us all to become spiritual Kevins on the lookout, hypervigilant, massing our storehouse of defenses against the threatening forces outside. This year, I hear Jesus saying, Keep awake to everything, to all of it. Try to see what you've not been seeing, the bad and the good, the brokenness and the beauty all around you that in your everyday life in the before times you did not recognize. Keep awake to the signs of the times, and also to the signs of grace, gratitude, wonder, perspective. Keep awake and keep learning. Keep engaging. Keep connecting. Keep trying and don't give up. Jesus is warning us against complacency, against distraction, but I also think he's warning us against panic. Panic has little practical or spiritual utility. Those who keep awake and watch through the night get to witness the dawn breaking. Dawn illuminates the sky with colors that look magical, but which are just part of the daily magic of this created world. Dawn is a reckoning with night. Apocalypse, revelation, uncovering is a reckoning too. That is what we're living through now. We don't know how all this will turn out. But we already know that there are new possibilities on the other side that we could not have imagined before. That's how grace works. That's how the kingdom of God works. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is among you, but you do not see it. This year of our Lord 2020 has woken us up pretty forcefully. And Jesus says, Keep awake. Don't go back to sleep. But see all of it. Take it all in. Advent begins a new year, and it's not too late for us to make a new beginning. It's not too late to reframe this experience, to gain perspective, 
and to make some healthy changes that will allow us to become more spiritually awake. Anxiety can be a good friend to us. It has a certain utility. It can keep us safe. It can remind us of important things and can warn us of danger. Anxiety can be a good friend to us, but it's a terrible best friend. You don't want it as your BFF. You want it as that friend that you check in with every few weeks. No long, drawn-out talks every day. The keeping awake that Jesus calls us to do should lead to peace and joy even in the midst of difficult circumstances, not to constant worry or panic. When you imagine yourself looking back on these difficult days, what do you want to be proud of? The things you name are where God is calling your attention, your wakefulness. Maybe you want to keep awake to gratitude. Maybe you want to keep awake to the well-being of others. Maybe you want to keep awake to kindness or to generosity. Maybe you want to keep awake to those in need in your neighborhood or in a particular community. Maybe you simply need to keep awake to the fact that you are a beloved child of God, that God loves you and values you, even with the challenges you are going through. Apocalypse is about seeing the truth of things. It's about revelation. And so I believe that it is ultimately about love, which is the heart of God and the core of this cosmos. The poet Theodore Rethke wrote, In a dark time, the eye begins to see. May the love of God help us to see the truth of things, the painful truth, the hopeful truth, side by side. This Advent, may we keep awake and receive a new vision of God's kingdom. Amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Prayers of the People Let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer, that God's kingdom may come with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God's scepter of righteousness may be established among the nations. We pray for our elected leaders in this time of pandemic, economic uncertainty, and partisan division 
May they demonstrate a commitment to truth, the common good, and public health. We pray for the global community in these challenging days, especially refugees and asylum seekers, the poor and indigenous peoples. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may seek Christ in the scriptures and recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen, especially those on our parish prayer list, those recovering from COVID-19, and those we name silently or aloud. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That with all the saints in light, we may shine forth as lights for the world. Lord, keep us from harming others through risky or thoughtless choices. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that as we await the birth of Christ within our hearts, all our loved ones celebrating birthdays may be blessed, especially Wendy, Susan, Ethan, Libby, Angela, Chris Samuels, and George, and others we name now. In our parish cycle of thanksgiving, we pray for our music director, Chris Hosfeld, who through his playing, conducting, and encouragement, helps all of us lift our hearts in song and worship. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that those who have died might have a place in God's heavenly kingdom, especially Ken Green and those who we name now. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of our Heavenly Father. Holy God, you have called us to be a source of spiritual restoration and strength. Make us conduits of divine love, following the example of Jesus. Help us to companion the vulnerable, heal division, and confront and dismantle inequality. Give us your grace, now and always. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Thank you to everyone who contributed to our worship podcast for today. We thank the Grace Church Choir, featuring section leaders Christian Buavin, Diane Drost, Stephen M., and John Yanis, joined today by Linda Hosfeld. We also thank our music director and organist, Chris Hosfeld. Thank you to our lectors, Chris Samuels and Mary Sweezy, and our lay reader, Carol McNally. You can find out more about Grace Church on our website, gracenewton.org. We hope you join us again next week.